0: Welcome to our Thought Leaders Talk Business Podcast, where we tap into the minds of business consultants and professionals to gain ideas and strategies to help you gain a competitive advantage. I am your host, Debbie Fleeman. Our guest today is Greg Honer. Greg is an executive black belt with more than 35 years of experience working in business and quality, including Lean and Six Sigma. His role has been to drive the programs and projects to drive continuous improvement throughout the business. As the voice of quality improvement for many organizations, Greg has been at the forefront of building cultures of excellence. His experience includes more than seven years in the benefits outsourcing industry with Aon Hewitt and Xerox. For more than 25 years, Greg has worked for a variety of Fortune 500 companies and big six consulting firms. They include McGraw-Hill, MSO Medical, Baxter Healthcare International, Coopers & Lybrand, KPMG, and Abbott Laboratories. While working at Baxter Healthcare International, Greg held several roles, among them that of the Director of National Accounts and Business Development for eight years. There, he led a group of 60 sales representatives supporting the dialysis largest volume customers. Based on profitability and sales growth, Greg was awarded the National Account Sales Achievement Award for three consecutive years. Greg has a Bachelor of Science in Industrial Engineering and Manufacturing Systems from Purdue University and an MBA from the University of Chicago. In addition to being an Executive Master Black Belt, Greg is a Certified Lean Master Black Belt, a Six Sigma Black Belt, a PMP, project management professional, a certified quality engineer, and a professional engineer. Greg, thank you for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you, Debbie, for inviting me to uh, talk about one of my favorite topics.
0: And I understand that your favorite topic is Lean Six Sigma. So maybe you could start off and tell us, what is it?
1: Well, it's a methodology and a set of tools and even a metric that have been around very actively in industry and service organizations since the 1980s. It's defined as a data-driven philosophy for improvement that values defect prevention over defect detection. Historically, most organizations, when I was coming up, were very concerned with inspecting and identifying defects in a manufacturing part, and then extracting it out of the acceptable barrel of approved parts and sorting out quality from non-quality. The world has changed. Defects are expensive. They take up a lot of money, space, and time to extract out of a production lot or even in a service organization. So the idea, on a very practical sense, is that rather than fixing defects quickly, we prevent them from even occurring through better design, better process, and better better management techniques too. Lean Six Sigma really has two pieces to it. The first part is the word "lean," which is really the idea of reducing uh, waste reduction in a process, such as a pallet of parts from one floor to the to the other floor in a manufacturing building, and instead actually moving it from one site. Of, of the floor because the next machine is right next to it. Simple concept of a waste. The Six Sigma is really reducing the process variation or the defects that occur in manufacturing or service process. That tends to be much more analytical, tends to be driven through mathematics and traditional industrial engineering techniques That is the uh, origination of my skills and knowledge of, of Six Sigma. It's very statistically driven.
0: So what is the value that Lean Six Sigma can offer to a company?
1: Well, the strategic goal of Lean Six Sigma is both a program, a methodology, as well as a metric. When organizations talk about Lean Six Sigma, the strategic goal is to drive the waste and defects out of an organization so that you actually achieve what is called Six Sigma performance. and that is a percentage of defect-free transactions or parts that is 99.99996% defect-free, or another way of saying it, only 3.4 defects per million opportunities, which fundamentally speaks to error-free work and defect-free manufacturing. To achieve that type of performance, you need to be able to bring your organization, your talent, the people who actually do the work day-to-day into the framework of a methodology called DMAIC, which is the problem-solving methodology that one uses to actually implement and execute a project to reduce waste or to eliminate defects.
0: What are some of the critical success factors, Greg?
1: Well, over the years, the number of critical success factors have been Fairly uh, long listing. I'll give you a sampling of where uh, some of the broader thinkers have considered it. We'll target on two or three items. The first critical success factor that we speak about in pretty great detail is executive engagement. The second one is management involvement. The third one is communication throughout the organization around both the process results and the successes of uh, the Lean Six Sigma project, identifying the right resources to develop and train to actually implement the projects involved in improving waste and and defect elimination, identifying the right projects that are meaningful to both the business as well as your customers. We don't want to work on projects that frankly are just feel good or not adding any value in the eyes of the customer. So project selection is a very important one. And finally, the last two are discipline and consequences. The discipline is really around following the methodology in a very robust fashion so that you are actually using a scientific method of understanding the current business process, identifying the basic problem itself, the baseline, if you will, and then coming back and identifying the root cause and potential solution to the problem. When you break that down into something we all learned in grade school, that's called the scientific process. There's a different uh, terminology called demake Define, Measure, Analyze, Improve, and Control. But by and large, a uh, make is another variation on the theme of scientific analysis and scientific process of solving business problems. And finally, the last attribute we, we talk about is, is consequences. And the consequences really are about reward, and recognition. The work involved in being successful in executing a Six Sigma project can be time-consuming, a dedication to learning a whole new language and methodology, as well as analytical tools. You want to pick your participants carefully, those who are motivated towards operational and organizational improvement, but also have an analytical mindset to dive into data and have the ability to uh, root, root out the the core issue that you're trying to solve. And those consequences uh, need to be uh, recognized and and provided uh, rewards as well. Uh, Debbie, I'd like to focus on, again, three specific critical success factors. And the first one I want to mention again is executive engagement as a key uh, success factor that Lean Six Sigma and, frankly, every large organizational change project needs to uh, embrace. Executive engagement is really the translation of some of the philosophies of continuous improvement, defect prevention, as well as good project leadership that needs to be promoted and demonstrated by the executive management of any organization. The communication is the next uh, critical success factor I I want to speak to. And it's intertwined pretty closely with executive management and executive engagement as well as the uh, management involvement. The ability to launch a Lean Six Sigma program is critical around both verbal, visual, and written communication. The change to an organization when when you pursue a Six Sigma program needs to be able to explain in context of, of people's day-to-day life what's gonna get what's gonna be better about engaging Six Sigma and how is it going to improve it. Certainly from a business standpoint, reducing defects and variation and waste has some fairly intuitive business implications on the bottom line. But we're also looking to try to bring the value of Six Sigma when we communicate, of how it makes uh, people more involved in, in solving business problems inside the actual business processes that they are working in, as well as ensuring that they have a direct line of sight between what they are doing on the project to what is meaningful to to the business results we're aiming for. The implementation of that of those communication protocols and programs is not only then done at the front end of a project in, in intermittent times, but it needs to be part of what the coaches and the trainers are consistently delivering in the training program to create that common language for Six Sigma. And likewise, when we ever have an opportunity to, to have a leader stand in front of a, of a, of a business group, a group of employees, or even investors to be able to bring the value of process improvement Uh, Continuous improvement, sometimes it's called, and engagement around taking out waste. And then at times using the term actually Lean Six Sigma as a key part of their business strategy to people in the company as as well as outside the firm that are influencers to the success of that business. Finally, the last one is talking about projects. Oftentimes, uh, Lean Six Sigma projects can go on from somewhere between six months to even a year, depending upon... The complexity, as well as the uh, overall goals of those uh, Six Sigma initiatives. Oftentimes, organizations either pick two larger projects that take multiple years, also called multi stage projects, or they're so simple that they're solved uh, in 30, 45 days that could have been done without the complexity and the overhead of a Six Sigma structure. So, the first year or two of a Six Sigma initiative is important to have the right projects inventoried, qualified, and understood value to the organization so that we see successes as quickly as we can, but also deliver kind of business results that bring an ROI to the overall investment of the program.
0: Greg, what you said earlier was that Lean Six Sigma has been around since the eighties. And what I understand is that there are new tools and approaches. Can you talk to those?
1: Yes, Debbie. Let me speak to a couple large concepts as well as then some specific tools. What I want to talk about is that in the last 15 years, there's been a number of various tools and systems that have been invented to make the acquisition of data to the practitioner of Six Sigma much more available to us. And then there are couple of tools that are out there that we have borrowed actually from the IT world, from the from the systems world, that apply for not only um, understanding the dynamics of the uh, inter interrelationships of some of the variables that affect the performance of a process, but also the speed of which we can actually accomplish the results we're looking for. So I want to break it out in those those buckets. The first one that I want to speak to is, is use of big data. With the availability of various tools in the data management world, capturing data through various systems, um, various mechanisms, and data scientists in particular, if you can engage one in your organization, has the ability to pull the right amount of data in the right uh, stratification to really understand how the business performance works. Back when I first started doing this type of work, it was going out and doing physical observations on a production line or in a warehouse and hoping that I had enough time to collect 300 observations. And I use that as as a fundamental beginning to understand how the process is performing. Now with the use of big data, some of these data collection systems that are, in many cases, automated, I can find out a lot more detail and I can far exceed the 300 manual observations pulling several thousand lines of, of data. Now, that's not suggesting that physical observations and walking the process are not important. They certainly still are. Experience eyeballs on a business process is still needed to understand what are some of the uh, more apparent opportunities are. You can't necessarily tell from just data that a machine on a, uh, a critical path needs to be moved closer to the prior uh, operating step. So you still need to do the walkabout and the GIMBA walk, as it's commonly called. But the uh, availability of big data can really provide a lot more insight of, of what's going on on the current state. Likewise, when you implement the, the solutions, you can get the resulting data much more quickly. And in the, in the volume, you need to really measure and evaluate the statistical significance of the change of the, of the process. The other two tools I want to talk about, and, uh, other approaches is is again, another borrowing of tools that came from the IT world. The uh, availability of simulation software to build animated models has been um, available to us over the last 15, 20 years. However, most of those tools were fairly complex, required a considerable amount of programming skills, and it was very complex to use, particularly in a six sigma world. With the combination of big data, in these tools, we can actually begin to build feature state models even before we we make the improvement so that we can actually evaluate the change of a business process to see if we're reducing the defects or increasing the throughput or able to reduce the headcount even before we implement. Even though it's an additional step in the traditional dynamic model, by building out a mathematical model and even using animation, you can begin to evaluate pros and cons of your improvement design. And finally, the, um, the use of animation provides a vehicle to really communicate graphically to your sponsors and other users of how the new improved process would work through interactive graphics. The last to- tool I want to talk about is, is really another uh, methodology we have borrowed from the IT world, and it's the use of Agile in a Lean Six Sigma environment. Historically, to make in itself, has been a fairly long-term traditional kind of methodology that could take several weeks if not several months to execute from beginning to end. Oftentimes, that pacing frustrates some of our users because we're not seeing immediate uh, improvements from a quick wins or early wins in the scope of the project. And to make, most of the time, you're going to be seeing improvements at the last quartile of it during the improvement phase, and that could be several months hence. But the use of Agile and Scrum events is that you're looking for a structure to provide incremental results much more quickly, and that will help forward some early results that can be captured financially and certainly shown an organizational improvement on the on the behavior of the process. So, the use of, uh, of Agile will help us identify uh, any potential for false starts or misdirection on project choices. Uh, Agile also help us to deliver those results that are measurable very quickly. And and, and finally, uh, you'll be able to compress the overall to make cycle time by 30 to 50% because you're looking towards hitting specific goals much more aggressively and much more forcefully uh, up front. The final point I'd like to make on this is that that solution Progresses becomes much more timely and reliable, and we're going to be able to see the results in weeks, not in months or longer. Queen Six Sigma project. So those three elements: big data, the use of simulation to build uh, prototype models in an electronic world, and then the use of faster methodologies to execute programs through the use of agile are all three key tools that the current Lean Six Sigma programs embrace to deliver better results, more reliable business processes, and financial returns uh, much more quicker for large, medium, and small organizations.
0: Greg, if an organization wants to get started implementing Lean Six Sigma, what type of an organization would they be looking at?
1: Well, there is generally Two different arms within a Six Sigma organization. Usually it's an organization that's attached in many cases to an operations executive or even finance. And I've even seen it attached to a marketing organization if it's more sales focused and market product development attached. So it's a matter of finding the right sponsor who understands what they're trying to solve. Inside that Lean Six Sigma organization, you have two branches. You have the educational branch that tends to bring in the tools, the seminars, the workshops, the materials to help bring both leadership, mental management, and the practitioners into the world of understanding the tools, techniques, and methodologies of Lean Six Sigma. It's a training arm. Those training arms also are overlaid in providing... Um, Uh, short-term seminars for Kaizen events, as well as other um, marketing activities you promote by explaining what Lean Six Sigma is and some of the results that were achieved. The second arm of the Lean Six Sigma organization is a cadre of individuals that have had experience in implementing and leading Lean Six Sigma programs in the past. They are typically called master black belts And have somewhere between five and 10 years of active leadership involvement and project and uh, success in running complex process improvement efforts in their own right in many times different organizations. So you need what sometimes are called master black belts or coaches to be available to help the other individuals you bring in as a commonly called a green belt to work on departmental process improvements and coach them through the execution, the use of the various tools. And then on the more complex projects across organizational lines, you would have the, the coaches work with the what is called black belt. And the black belt projects tend to run generally about a year, a year and a half. And the green belt projects are intended to run about three to six months. The secret sauce to a Six Sigma program is to have a, a industry standard training program and the other secret sauce element that an organization should consider is that you have to have coaches you do not want to put people through sometimes weeks of training launch them and expect them to take the training and and apply it independently the successful programs i've been involved with have had coaches and master black belts engage in coaching each of those green belts or black belts through the methodology and applying both business common sense and some of the science of Six Sigma so that we can get to the true root cause as quickly as, as possible.
0: Greg, how many projects might an organization have going on at the same time?
1: Well, if you define an organization of $100 million, let's say, and they were in a couple of different divisions, and they had both the manufacturing and the distribution, and even an R&D organization, you usually would pick at the very beginning one area to develop pilots and to show successes. And historically, you see Lean Six Sigma programs in the manufacturing world launch first. And usually you need to be able to bring about 10 different greenbelt projects into fruition in the first year. And one or two green uh, bike belt projects as well to provide the heavy dollar lift of the implementation costs and, and, and the payback. So what you're looking to do is is to build out a cadre of, of energy so that people can learn from each other. And it has a power in in a multiplication factor that if you have five or ten green belts operating at one time, they can learn and, and build from each other. Because a lot of the a lot of the issues are interrelated. So if you're looking for defect reduction in a manufacturing, you may find yourself going back to root cause into the inventory management system or even all the way to a supplier. So the need to potentially have two or three greenbelt projects to solve one of those type of connecting issues could be very critical to the success of the Lean Six Sigma effort rather than trying to give the greenbelt a very complex project. So, it, it really will depend upon both the scale and scope that the, uh, the business wants to to implement. Sometimes people will also build out the scale and scope of the number of green belts you need by the class size. So, for example, it's operationally efficient to have a class size of 10 or 15 people in a green belt class. And so I'll, that's my unit of measure of, of workload. But that thinking has been replaced. With more of a business need assessment, and the reason why I say that is that a lot of the training now can be done remotely. It can be done online. You don't necessarily have to have a classroom of 10, 15 people in a room to be launched at one time. You can really stagger and manage not only the project assignments, but but the level of investment you want to make as an organization.
0: Greg, are these green belts that you're talking about, the black belts, the champions, the coaches, do these individuals have positions within the company, or are they part of a Lean Six Sigma division or department?
1: The size of a Lean Six Sigma department, if you will, is fundamentally fairly small. You may have one or two trainers that would be aligned really to the Lean Six Sigma Center of Excellence because they have very specialized skills. And the master black belts tend to be brought initially from a new implementation from the outside, from outside the company. However, the idea is that you're bringing in uh, in, uh, employees at different levels of the organization and building their capability and skills to solve critical business problems. So we'll start with the green belt and the black belt. Typically, I have seen green belts that are early mid-career, somewhere between five and 10 years of experience that have a few that may be a supervisor or a young manager in the organization being very capable and qualified to run a cross-functional team to be able to um, uh, handle uh, a project over a six-month period and deliver the results in, in six months. Black belt projects tend to be full-time roles. They tend to be, report into the Six Sigma project, usually it's a dual responsibility. If they come from a manufacturing department, then they may report to the director of machining as well as then report into the master black belt performance evaluation. They tend to be full-time roles. Green belt projects almost always invariably are people from a department, that want to improve what goes on inside those four walls of that department. And they are typically still reported into their original manager. The commitment for Greenbelt for the project through the training and then the execution of the project is about six to nine months, optimally. And typically for a black belt, it is a, um, a commitment of generally one to two years. And the reason why it's one to two years is that a black belt project may take nine to 10 months to complete. And part of the philosophy is that if you do one and being heavily coached, are we really developing you fully until you have a chance to do one more on your own with the help of a, of a coach still, but not as as uh, heavily dependent upon the coach. Different organizations approach slightly different, but from my point of view, a one to two year commitment as a black belt is important. When you get into champions and Executive leadership, these are these are people that are typically running large departments or divisions or sectors of the organization, and they become the overviewers of the progress. They are in the steering committees, those at a senior manager, director, or even VP level, and they uh, take on that role anywhere from six months to two years, depending upon how many projects are coming through and uh, what are the dynamics of of the business organization.
0: What resources does an organization have as they embark on a Lean Six Sigma journey? How do they know that they are using the -the state-of-the-art tools, techniques, and methodologies as they move forward?
1: Well, since there is probably 25 years of Literature has been published in a variety of different sources around Lean Six Sigma. There's a lot of metrics and research that have been done, even at the academic level, of high-performing organizations and high-performing continuous improvement programs, sometimes called Lean Six Sigma, sometimes other things. But it's all around still the idea of reducing waste and preventing defects. The mark of a successful and continuing initiative such as Lean Six Sigma is the ability that you're working on projects that are meaningful in the eyes of your customer. You're seeing a reduction of the rework cost in your organization. And you have much more attention to the specifics of what customers are looking for in terms of the quality of their product. Overall, the mark of a, of a successful Lean Six Sigma program is really the integration of the values that we've been talking about over the last few minutes into the day-to-day culture via the vocabulary, the way it's being referenced, and the attention to the detail of what is critical to the customer. So it becomes really a fabric of day-to-day work and not just an initiative or a special uh, environment for a few select folks who go through training. It becomes part of day-to-day success.
0: Greg, if somebody wanted to give you a call or shoot you an email and talk to you about their implementation of Lean Six Sigma, how would they reach you?
1: Well, Debbie, anyone who would like to learn a little bit more about some of these concepts, I'd be happy to take any questions if they would reach out to me at my email address. It's greg.owner, H-O-H-N-E-R, at gmail.com.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity, Debbie. I always enjoy talking about my favorite topic and seeing success in the marketplace as we continue to grow both our capability of improving quality as well as delivering results that investors need in their businesses.
0: You have been listening to Thought Leaders Talk Business, where we tap into the minds of business consultants and professionals to gain ideas and strategies to help you gain a competitive advantage. I'm your host, Debbie Fleeman. If you would like to reach me, email me at wf at creativetechresources.com or pick up the phone and call eight four seven nine zero two four one seven five.